see this movie. Hello. Hello, everybody. How's your week been out there? Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Uh, you're with, with me, Scott, by the bar, as always. I uh, hope you had a good one out there. It's been a pretty cool week here in Perth. Um, I know it goes out to some of you dudes in Queensland, I think, Brisbane. You guys might have just gone into another fucking lockdown. I know our premier said, no way, you're not coming in. Probably before your guys' uh, premier even fucking said there was a problem. But we were on the ball, so we know what's going on over there. we got our eye on you motherfuckers. Stop spreading that shit, and then you'll be allowed back, all right? Um, maybe in a couple of weeks. Um, but, but yeah, I hope you're all keeping safe out there. I hope you haven't got the Rona. But if you have, whatever, you're probably not going to die from it. That's what the science is telling us. So yeah, just roll with it. It is what it is. Yeah, it's going to be a, a warm one this week for us over here in Perth. Looking like it's going to be a bit of a nice Easter. Um, don't really celebrate Easter. I don't know why, like, all my family doesn't give a shit about Easter. We don't give a shit about, um, church and religion at all. It's never spoken about. We're just people living our lives. Uh, but we still use it as an excuse to get together. So I'll end up having a whole bunch of bullshit food with family. Should be fun. And it should be nice and warm. So I might be able to get in the pool and stuff like that. But, uh, nothing's really been going on in in Perth, I, mean, I think last week we had some some of these these protests. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's been protest season for the last, I don't know, eight months, nine months, something like that. Isn't that what's been going on in everyone's lives? There's just these protests sort of bubbling up, and they haven't had a good reason to protest for quite a while, unless you count whatever the hell just happened recently with that hijacking with those fucking two retired kids killing that guy. That was fucking epic. But I don't really see anybody protesting on behalf of uber drivers or something like that but you know over here so we've died down so the last wave of protests have been going on uh the extinction rebellion crew which i think uh just completely um climate change focused and they've been doing all these uh sort of impromptu bullshit uh protests around certain city centers where they just sort of occupy a space in the middle of the city block off traffic, and at the moment, their latest tactic is to pretend to be dead, just lying on the ground, to sort of send a sign that this climate change shit is so horrific, and it's so urgent, that we're literally dead unless we do something. And that's probably true, that's fine. I don't know if they're winning hearts and minds with this uh, strategy, because they shut down fucking whole city centres, which puts uh, all the traffic into gridlock, they're burning fossil fuels trying to get to work. Uh, to pay for these people's Centrelink payments. And, uh, you know, it's just complete hypocrisy. I don't really understand what's going on. I mean, I know... I I do understand the idea of just trying to draw attention at whatever cost, just because it brings um, people to your cause and and drives traffic or whatever. But most, like, advertising campaigns, because you'd have to call it that, it's not a protest, it's an advertising campaign at this point, um, just to sort of make people aware of whatever their fucking plight is. Um, Usually you have a product to sell. And what's so obnoxious about this is that they fucking think that no one knows about climate change. They just think it's really urgent. We all agree, but like, what the fuck do you want us to do about it? 
you've just fucked up my day with your stupid protest. They're not going to win hearts and minds like that because it, it's um, basically accusing the entire public of being uh, ignorant to this topic, which is a fucking obnoxious uh, mood, uh, an obnoxious thing to say. Let's just put it that way. I was going to say something more intelligent there, but I completely forgot and said something completely opposite. Um, yeah, so fuck these guys. Uh, <laughs> I uh, also think this whole protest thing is just fucking childish as shit. These guys need to grow the fuck up and win hearts and minds with actual, like, you know, real urgency or do a real protest. Like, I guess the only way forward is for them to try and make, I don't know, I guess, um, government respond in a certain way, maybe to lower carbon emissions and all that sort of stuff. But if they really, really wanted to make a fucking change, like do something for climate change because it's such an emergency that you're literally lying in the street pretending to be dead because you think everybody's going to be real soon. So it means it's life or death. So you better fucking really mean what the hell you're protesting. So why aren't you petitioning the government to send the military to... China, India, um, other massive culprits of emissions and tell them to cut the shit, right? I mean, if you really mean it, you should be saying, guess what? Let's start a war with China to lower their carbon emissions because it's getting out of control. Instead of fucking picking on the small guy, try to say, it's such an emergency. We're all going to die because of what Australia does. That's 30 million people out of 8 billion and you, you, you literally want to go that strong? Cool. All right. Anyway. So that's been going on. Uh, fun times for people who uh, work in the CBD. And uh, even funner times for those uh, um, Extinction Rebellion guys. I hope, you, I hope you've um, made your point or whatever. But it's really just that, that like dying last wave of protests. Like, we let people get away with protests for bullshit reasons. And so these guys are just trying to tack on the end and, and get away with it because otherwise they could call hypocrisy, even though they don't see their own. It is what it is, guys. But yeah, that's that's kind of been the news around Perth. I mean, you know, fucking some people got injured, whatever. Sometimes these things blow up. But I've been just hanging around here, guys. I've been um, checking in with different podcasts and stuff like that. Did you guys watch the uh, the Matthew McConaughey sort of fundraiser thing that he was doing? Like so, uh, Matthew McConaughey, um, obviously massive star. He just started his own podcast out of Texas or something like that. Um, it's very, you know, he's a he's a Texan for Christ's sake. I mean, obviously. And uh, anyway, he did this little fundraiser thing with a bunch of musicians in. I didn't watch them all, but I did watch Post Malone doing a bunch of country songs in the studio. Check it out, guys. It's on YouTube. It's only like 10, 12 minutes. He does maybe um, three songs. But Post Malone is impressing the hell out of me as like a legit muso. He's um, taken the attitude that all these celebrities aren't. He's like just honoring who the fuck he is. He's, you know, he, he's there on set with this great band behind him, great camera work. He's doing his vocals and he's, he's sang amazingly, by the way. Um, nailed the shit out of these songs. But the whole time he's got a cigarette in his hand and a fucking Bud Light sitting next to him. Like, that's the old school. That's fucking sick. Um, I know I've mentioned on this podcast before how, you know, how much I don't really like this idea of a musician really caring about their health because there's, there's something weird about the fucking sacrificing it all for the art 
that is exemplified with that kind of behavior. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Maybe it's just a me thing, but you know, Post Malone has proven himself to be a real rock star in my eyes. So, um, fucking, that was pretty cool. Even if you don't like country music, I don't like country music. I respect the shit out of it, but I would never play it. Um, he does a great job. Check that, that out. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of that. I can't even remember what songs he played, but you know, something about what rhymes with Bronco. Something. It was cool. Anyway, I did check out some new music this week. Uh, so let's talk about it. It's uh, Tomahawk. Have you guys ever checked out Tomahawk before? It's one of uh, Mike Patton's brain children. He's got many of them out there. Uh, Mike Patton. We should talk about Mike Patton. But anyway, the um, the album's called Tonic Immobility. I, I don't know when it came out. Maybe last week, maybe the week before. I don't know. It might have fell on my radar. But anyway, I listened to it literally just before this podcast. And it was fucking cool as. Mike Patton's one of these guys that... Um, I, I don't know if he's found his thing yet or his thing is the random diversity that uh, random diversity that he throws himself into, right? So at, as a young musician, when I was, you know, probably that 16, 17, um, you know, became friends with other musicians that were, you know, older and wiser than myself. And uh, one of them happened to fucking put the album California, the Mr. Bungle album in my hand. And it blew my mind. I didn't know that you could be that that experimental with music and it still be awesome and charming and coherent in a weird, wacky, wacky way. This was pre-Mars Volta and stuff like that, you know, which obviously did a similar thing, but very Mars Volta, you should say, I guess. Um, anyway, so Mike Patton's this guy that's like kind of jumping all over the all over the map as far as genres go and Tomahawk is like, I don't want to say like the heaviest iteration of of his diverse uh, portfolio there, but um, it was a pretty heavy album. Tonic Immobility. It was a wicked album. It was like classic rock, old school breakdowns with big guitar lines, um, aggressive vocals, but like in some parts there was like little touches of like a Nick Cavey kind of spoken wordy thing, the real deep voice. Like it was cool. It was cool as shit. There was um, all kinds of experimental shit going on. And uh, it, it just got me thinking, like, like what, what is Mike Patton? Like, uh, uh, is he the, the most free musician in that class? Or, or, or is he someone that's, like, taken, like, all these weird experiments in identity? Where he doesn't really know where he sits. Like, like what, what I would compare it to. Like, imagine, imagine, like, Elton John. Um, wakes up one day and wants to do something brutal, fucking aggressive, something mashugary, right? He's got these choppy rhythms and big chords and something stuck in his head or whatever. Can he do it? Or is all Elton John music going to be like Elton John? I know he's got his spectrum, but it's in a wheelhouse of sorts. A way tighter wheelhouse than what like Mike Patton has at his disposal. It's very, very strange. So does that mean that like the authentic music coming out of Elton John is authentic so it just happens to sound the same because it's the real deal? And Mike Patton's is kind of a contrived, I'll do my version of this style and this version of that style. But I don't think so. 
I think there are these different kind of musicians and th- th- there are very good comparison is an Elton John compared to a Mike Patton. It's like Mike Patton's um, genius and his like freedom and his, um, his diversity, like he's able, he's way, uh, way more uh, at risk with his playing. Does that make sense? So we have something very risky compared to something very safe. Uh, no, it's not safe. Uh, it might as well compare it to like fucking Justin Bieber because that's as safe as you can get. But like an Elton John who's like honed a style that's completely him compared to someone that's obviously made his whole career of his own diversity and schizophrenia in music. You know what I mean? And it's just whimsy, I guess. And like, so I respect them both as amazing musicians for their own thing, but I can't say they're anything the same, if that makes sense. And so this album was fucking amazing. And it was just this one little point on a spectrum of Mike Patton. And that's what's so crazy about hearing a new Mike Patton album is that you know it's not Mike Patton as a totality. You know what I mean? You're not hearing Mike Patton's best work. You're hearing Mike Patton doing his best at this thing. A little bit more compartmentalized, if that makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. I might be talking absolute bullshit uh, because I don't keep up with everything with Mike Patton. But like I said, I was a Mr. Bungle fan. And I also, um, I remember in my late teen years, the album uh, was called Mojo. Peeping Tom, another one of Mike Patton's experiments. Uh, Peeping Tom, I fucking loved that album, man. That was so cool. Anybody out there, if you want to listen to a wicked Mike Patton album, listen to Mojo by Peeping Tom. It was amazing. Amazing. But anyway, this album, Tonic Immobility, I'm going to give it another couple of playthroughs because it was fun. That's what's so cool about the um, the whimsy of Mike Patton. I, I was going to say he's bombastic, but I don't think that's the right word for it. Um, he, he's whimsical. But the whimsy of Mike Patton brings like a fun to everything. So even if it sounds like a dark, heavy album, it's got this playfulness to it that um, it's just fucking totally him. And that's kind of the identity that he stamps on a whole bunch of different genres, which I really like. And I don't know really what I was getting at, guys. Like, as a guitar player, like, I know there's a certain style that just happens to come out of me when I jam. And it's, it's kind of its thing. But I dabble in a whole bunch of other sorts of shit. But when I do, I don't know if that means I'm really feeling it or I'm kind of an imposter in that space. I'm not too sure. That's just a, a musician's problem. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. You know how to hit me up. You know, the Jam Room Podcast, uh, at the Jam Room Podcast, I guess, on Twitter and, and Instagram and uh, email at the Jam Room Podcast, scott at the Jam Room Podcast.com.au. Let us know how you think about this, uh, or what you think about this, I should say. Um, Mike Patton's amazing, but this, 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 uh, this choppy genre thing, it's like, is it just the lesson that we should all just be whimsical with our music? And just dive the fuck into all these genres and see what we can contribute to them. Because that's awesome. And, and that's what Mike Patton teaches me. Um, because he's a fucking legend. So listen to that album. It's by Tomahawk. It's called Tonic Immobility. Uh, but anyway, back onto the, the episode for today. I, I, I've got the, the songs that I'm rattling through at the moment. We're trying to summarize all the stuff that I've shown you before that came from our jams and and all that bullshit. All those old episodes are available on iTunes, not Spotify. Um, but either way, I think in some of these songs that I'm showing you, if you go back to the episode that I first showed it in, 
there would be the little chunk of the jam that it came from anyway. So these are all second drafts. They're whatever. If you're someone out there that wants to contribute, hit us up with all those email addresses and stuff. They'll be in the description below anyway. And uh, we'll have some fun with that. But this, uh, this song comes from episode 33. I think it's the one that has a pretty decent breakdown at the end or something like that. I don't know. It is what it is, guys. Um, remember, all this stuff is just me on guitar, Liam on drums. Uh, Liam tracked in the bass um, after the fact. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of loop pedals and stuff like that. You know how tricks work with guitarists. Anyway, enjoy. Be good to yourselves. And I'll... Uh, Talk to you next week. This is the Jam Room Podcast. Mm-hmm. 